don't we take our seats? Thanks, musicians. <clears throat> Maybe just keep playing a bit, Beth. You just stay there a little bit. Shirley, God just wants to know. He wants to heal every part of you. Some people just get around Shirley. She's been struggling for a long time with this hip. Let's really pray for miracle power. If I can just say, the other week, Luke told me he had, he'd had a headache for about three or four days. It was on a Sunday morning, and I just went, I thought, oh, okay, that's no good. Then suddenly, just before he walked away, I said, let me pray for you. And I prayed for him. And then that night, the, the Tumby Bay service, I said, hey, how's that headache? And he goes, it's actually gone. So God does heal today. So, Lord, we just pray for Shirley right now. Lord, we gather around her. We speak life over this hip. We speak healing into it in Jesus' name. Lord, that she may be completely and wholly set free tonight in Jesus' name. Touch her body. Touch this hip. Lord, may she sense the power of Jesus flowing right through her body right now in Jesus' mighty name. Receive the healing. Jesus wants to heal. Jesus heals. Touch her right now. Will we pray in faith in the mighty name of Jesus? Amen and amen. Right. Well, I just really want to just bring a, a, I always think it's a brief word, but I get so distracted. But uh, One Heart Church, we have a unique call of God upon us. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Beth. We have a unique call of God upon us right now. We're blessed. We've been a blessed church. We're blessed to bless others. And I want to prophesy tonight a release over things that are important for our future. So we're going to pray together at the end for those things. Um, but I, I believe that we have to prophesy. We have to speak into our future, speak into our destiny. But we're called to a narrow path. So my, scripture, my first scripture tonight is uh, Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. It says, <clears throat> and we've, we've all heard these these scripture preached you know, so many times. It says you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and in the Amplified Bible it says, and easy to travel. And its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and difficult to travel, again in the Amplified. And the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. So I want to point out something that I think is important to mention. That whole scripture there starts with, you can enter God's kingdom. Look to the person next to you and say, you can enter God's kingdom. Because <clears throat> I think there's a barrier in our thinking sometimes that we think somehow God wants to make it so difficult that we can't. But Jesus wants you to know there is a way into heaven. It's not only a way for you into heaven, but he's given us this unique task to help others find their way. So disciples, um, Jesus calls us to follow on his mission. That's the narrow pathway. Uh, disciples follow on the narrow path through the narrow gate. The narrow gate is the gateway to heaven. So we believe the Bible. Well, I hope you do. We do want to be a Bible-believing church. And, and I, I see some things and these days we have so much information available and I read some stuff and I read people doing, you know, Christian pastors talking about the Bible and they say, oh, well, maybe those stories didn't really happen. I want to tell you something. We believe they really did. We believe that, that it is true. So um, we believe the Bible. We believe the Bible is Jesus' word to us. So 
Jesus' word, his, the, the, our Bible defines our boundaries. So the boundaries that we see set in the Bible are our boundaries. So we go, we know with our life is, is bounded by the word of God. That's where our, our, um, our narrow pathway comes into it. Uh, we also are a church that's filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and he, the Holy Spirit, defines our ministry and our calling. And when we understand that, we, we realize that Jesus give, has given us that, that, that thing, that calling, that ministry, that gift, and no one can take it away from you. And sometimes we live in this, in this kind of concept that we, we can um, be threatened by what we think is we're going to lose, but when God has given you a gift, no one can take it away from you. We're filled with the Holy Spirit that defines our ministry, it defines our calling. The other thing is we love our church, or we ought to love our church. There's a power when it comes to people together in unity. It's the part that we play for the Holy Spirit to move. You see, there's so many people saying, oh, you know, I, I, I know that over the years I've probably lost count of people who have dreamt of this day of seeing or living in a great revival, perhaps like the day of Pentecost where, where you see God move in a great way. And that all hinged that day on the believers were all together, not just in one place, but together in unity, praying together, desiring, calling out to God. But we've got to love our church. We've got to love each other. That is the call from God. And I guess there's, you know, sometimes that, that's much easier spoken than lived. But it's a, a, an area that, that uh, I think pride is one of the greatest, uh, 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 the greatest things against the church today because pride stops us from loving each other. It, it believes in what we are owed. It believes in what we should be, uh, we should be due rather than what, what way do I serve others? How can I give more? How can I, be, how, how can I help someone else? Whereas pride says I should be recognized. It's the greatest attack against unity in the church. I think it is anyhow, it's pride. <clears throat> but I... Uh, I want us to look at Matthew 7, verses 21 and 23. And um, I think our actions as believers need to be um, motivated through relationship. So it says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now I just want, I want you to hear tonight, Jesus has just told us we can enter heaven. We can enter it. But it's a narrow way, you know, We'll look in a minute. There's a narrow pathway and there's a narrow gate, but we can get in. I want you to get that. That is the most important, valuable thing to hear tonight. The kingdom of heaven was made for you and you can get in. But it says here, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. But I'll reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. See, <clears throat> doing things in the name of Jesus, but not knowing Jesus, is what this is talking about. It's a very stern warning to remind us to keep Jesus in our heart and follow the pathway of life. Never... Uh, never get so, sort of um, enamored by what is the power that I can use, what is the fame that I might be able to 
uh, accomplish. And we use the name of Jesus as our vehicle or the church as a vehicle for fame and for, for um, uh, importance. Jesus is saying, away from me, I never knew you. There is power in the name of Jesus. That's why those who can, can use that can cast out demons, that they can see miracles happen. There is power in the name of Jesus, but just performance of a miracle, the performance of spiritual authority won't qualify us for entering heaven relationship with Jesus does so I'm not saying we don't want to see all those things happen I want to cast out demons I want to see miracles happen I want to see signs and wonders in the house of God I want to see our church activated to to make a difference in the world but we we make a difference in the world because we we have a savior first and we love the world second and we want to see the savior change the world and we want to have that we want to have that relationship with God at the forefront so it's a stern warning there but there's, a, there's something mentioned twice in Proverbs, chapter 14, uh, verse 12, and chapter 16, verse 25. It says, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it's end, but it ends in death. So <clears throat> sometimes we can try to negotiate with Jesus in, in our life. We, we try and negotiate our way with God. And we, we're trying to take a B-double through a narrow gate. You see, Jesus doesn't want you to take a B-double load of stuff with you through the narrow gate. That's why it's a narrow gate. Jesus doesn't want you driving the B-double truck up the narrow path because he doesn't want all that load of stuff trailing behind you into eternity. And so one of the, one of the keys to, to a, a nimble life as a Christian is to live lightly. So some of those things we see um, that, that Jesus talked about was if your brother sins against you, forgive. Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 7 says, make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. There's so many different ways in which we can see um, that the forgiveness is, is a, is, is a B-double uh, load of, of weight that we can't take with us into heaven. Sometimes it can be our, our love for material things. And we carry these things and think, well, I could never live without that. I really, um, really want to keep that. Sometimes it's a relationship. And, and I can tell you today there's been times or, or there's all sorts of things we can compartment into our life that we say that is the most important thing for me. And I know there's been many times where there's like tipping points in our life where, where we know what God is calling us into and it's like that, that decision that will propel you into the purpose and the plans of Jesus, or you miss that point and you, you, re, you sort of revert back into a place where you don't even want to be. I've seen that in so many, so many circumstances with people. But we can't try and negotiate with Jesus to get our B-double across the line. So broad, the broad gate represents when worship includes more than Jesus in our heart. Lord, Lord. I was always in church. Lord, Lord, I was do always, always doing things. That's the broad gate represents when worship includes more than Jesus in our heart. It could include icons, rituals, material objects, and our own achievements. I was thinking once uh, at, a, at a youth camp, um, a, 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 you know, we just had a speaker, and one of the favorite things of the like, 90s was always talk about relationships at youth camp. It was like, let's hit them with it. 
<clears throat> and, and this lady preached on, on relationships and all this kind of stuff. And I remember after that, that, that session, I was in, it was like an elective, and I went to that one, and one of the kids in my youth group was there, and um, I remember saying to him, like, well, what did you think of that? And he, and he was just like, completely like stone-faced. And, and anyway, his, his girlfriend's name was, was Rebecca, and, and I guess he was challenged by this. He's like, he's about 12 years old or something. It's like a really important relationship. And he says, I'm not giving up Rebecca. Like this. And, and, and it was like, it was like, and I just thought, whoa, that was like, oh, no, no conversation left after this. And uh, it was, but it was like that moment in his life was one of those tipping point, point moments that God had obviously spoke something. But instead of saying, okay, I'm 12 years old, I don't need this direction in my life right now it's not not never so i'm not saying that it's not never but maybe it's not important right now and then there was this a, a gradual slide in his life away from the call and purpose of god unfortunately but we do that in many different ways where the broad gate is uh made available to us and our worship includes other things than jesus but see the narrow gate is single file disciples following Jesus it's a single file track two feet only so we've got to resist the urge to go through the gates that everyone else is going through because we are called to greater we are called to to higher see the church isn't to reflect the values of the world the Christian isn't to reflect the values of this world but to infuse it with the gospel of Jesus so you're, you are where you are, wherever that may be, to infuse the gospel of Jesus to those around you. That's what you're here to do. It's to make a difference. We are called salt and light because salt makes a difference on the dinner. It makes a difference how the dinner tastes. And that's what we are to do in the world. We are to make a difference around us. We're light that, that darkness will always see light. I remember running out of petrol once, coming back from Wyala years and years ago. And, and Pauline said, have we got enough petrol to get him? I said, yeah, of course we have, of course we have. And then somewhere we could see the lights of Port Lincoln, but we ran out of petrol. And the car stopped and she says, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, we're running out of petrol. <laughs> back in the days when everything closed at 6 p.m., so we had to wait till the next morning, scab a lift from the guy bringing the newspapers down, get back into town, go home. In the morning, get the jerry can, go to the petrol station and go back and get my car. But the thing was, we could see the lights in the distance. It was a dark night, but there was some lights in the distance, which was Port Lincoln. But you know something, the, the light can be seen a long, long distance away in the dark. And we want to be a person that in, the, in other people's darkness, they can see the light in you. That they can see the difference that you make. That they can see Jesus in your life. That's what we're called to do. That's our unique calling as Christians. See, the narrow gate is single file. In a day, we're hearing a lot about truth, while at the same time, truth is being attacked at every turn. You see, the government isn't the source of truth. You need to, this, this might be a revelation to some people. The UN is not our source of truth. Your favorite search engine isn't the source of truth. I believe it is, but apparently it's not. See, the opinion at the pub test isn't the source of truth. 
The news media is definitely not the source of truth. But John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So I'm telling you again, Jesus is saying you can enter heaven. I don't know why, but maybe there's one person here particularly, you need to be reminded of this. You can enter heaven. You're supposed to be in heaven. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one come to the Father except through me. See, if we, if we are seeking truth, the highest truth, it's found in Jesus. Jesus makes it clear. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So we find everything that we need in him. You know, it, it, it seems like every other, every other um, year now, there's some other new challenge to truth. And everything's being skewed and bent and confused. But we need to realize that we have the truth. We know the truth. The truth is in us. The truth wants to live in us. We can have clarity. See, we're seeing, a, we're seeing a lot of weird stuff that's neither from the Holy Spirit nor is it truth. And I, I see more and more, I read something just today, uh, locally, that, that you, can, you can do a course that, that, um, that, that can connect you to, to your innate ability to, to understand animals. It's like some spooky, weird thing. But you can get the cat and... and and purr along and know exactly what she's telling you. Or you can go to the pony in the, in the park and find out, oh, oh you've, got a sore, you've got a sore back. That's okay. I, I, and you get, apparently we all have this innate energy within us that can communicate to animals. There's even, even more weird stuff going on. And these days, even in, here in Port Lincoln, there's, there's a house now with a um, thing on it. It's a, it's a, a, a wicker thing that says witchcraft. Those things would have been hidden, you know, 10 or 15 years ago even, but today now it's like we're proud. We're loud and proud. There's all kind of healing ceremonies and, and um, uh, you know, sound baths and all this kind of stuff. And, and if we aren't aware of the spiritual connections to that, we as Christians can be saying, I'm going to have my sound bath. Oh, it's so wonderful. You know what? It's an opening. It's a gateway to the devil in your heart. It's a gateway for the enemy to put you on a broad path that says, anyway's okay. Go down this way, it'll be fine. We're seeing a lot of weird stuff that's neither from the Holy Spirit or truth. See, the devil seeks, this is a mathematical equation right now, Headley, listening. The devil seeks to deceive, which equals makes a lie seem like the truth. Is that a mathematical formula? Yeah, of course it is. I'll, I'll find the, the, the maths for that. He makes a lie seem like it's the right thing to do. Ephesians 4 verse 14 says, we will not be, uh, talks about we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with the lies so clever, they sound like the truth. And today, I, I don't know why, but the world has seemed to be blinded by the lie. Blinded by lies that, that seem like the truth. We cannot be a church, we cannot be Christians when we say, well, we will just flow along with the lies that are being, being taught around about us. We need to say we, we are followers of Jesus Christ. And that will always be at variance to the way in which the world thinks and operates. 
See, in this age, it's vital the church is connected with the Holy Spirit power that disengages the lies and delivers the truth that Jesus is the way. We need to follow Jesus. You know, so when, when others are saying, hey, it's okay to do, do this or it's okay to do that, um, we're going to try this, we're going to try that, you just need to say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk safely in the footsteps of Jesus. And you go, well, how do we know what they are? You'll find it in his word. The narrow way, is, it's, it's, it may be obscure sometimes, but you just got to find Jesus every day and say, Lord, help me to walk today. Help me to deal with the issues that I am dealing with. Help me to deal with the people that I'm dealing with. And we do it one step at a time. 1 John 4, 1 says, Do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. Test them, for there are many false prophets. So we don't want to go um, headhunting, uh, um, thinking, well, who's the false prophets around here? But sometimes we know when something's not right because we'll have a check in our spirit. We'll have a knowing in our heart. I remember Pastor John McDonald, the, the pastor who led most of my family to the Lord. He used to say uh, uh, about knowing the things of the Spirit, he'd say, when you work at the bank, they don't give you counterfeit money and say, here's all the different types of counterfeits there are. Get to know them. And then when you find one, you'll know that. He said, what they do is they just get you to use real money. When I mean, it used to kind of be papery. And so the bank tellers used to be really good at counting the money really fast and have all the paper money. And, and even the coins, they used to flick them all around and into these little containers, just like ninjas. But he said they don't, they don't get you to know what fake is by, by giving you fake. They, they want you to know what fake is because you can feel what the real feels like. And so when, they, when they're going through a big pile of notes, they suddenly go, that, that one didn't feel right. That one's not normal. I want you, One Heart Church, to be the believers who say, I know what's not normal. And there's been, I remember once at a youth meeting, there's a guy manifesting a demon and, and, and going crazy. And, and this, the, these people around me saying, oh, isn't that great? Oh, isn't the Lord good? I'm like, man, well, if the Lord was doing that, I'd be worried. And afterwards, I said to this guy, what? I, I went in there and, and took control over that, that evil spirit. And then afterwards, I said to him, what was going on there? His name was Mark. I said, what was going on there? And people were saying, oh, wow, isn't this wonderful? Look what God's doing. And he says, I was, he goes, I was going through, in my mind, I've got to get a chair and use it as a weapon and take out as many people as I can in this room. And there were people thinking, oh, there's, oh God's doing something great in his life. We need to be able to discern what's going on. And so many times things have happened in churches, in meetings, where we've gone, oh, isn't this amazing what God's doing? And you know what? It's a demon manifesting. We need to know the difference between the demon and the, and the Holy Spirit. You think, how do we not know? We've got to so align ourselves with the Holy Spirit. Be so familiar with the things of the Holy Spirit that we can sniff out a demon as soon as he starts to, to, to squeak. See, it's a narrow path that Jesus leads on. It's a narrow gate Jesus opens. But it's a supernatural journey. And you can enter the kingdom of heaven. Can I have the musicians come back and join me? See, the message we have, church, is you can enter God's kingdom. That's the message we have to the world, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our cousins, to our families is you can enter the kingdom 
of God. Our, our role, One Heart Church, is to get people on the narrow path and through the narrow gate. That's our purpose. You know, there's so many other things we do that can cloud our, <clears throat> our reason. But the, I'm just going to ask the musicians to, to, to begin playing. And if you can, can we all please stand? Because we're going to pray together. And we're going to prophesy into. Can I have that list up, please? I had the next. There it is. I thought of one more when I got to church. So, <clears throat> and that was, I'll show you in a sec. We're going to pray and prophesy into these things that, that the enemy wants to control. See, the enemy wants to control the youth of our city. The enemy wants to control the destiny of young adults. He definitely wants to control our children. He wants to destroy our children. You know, we've got a huge battle on our hands in Australia today where, where it's legal now so that they can kill babies up to, up to birth. Abort babies up to birth. There's even babies born alive that are left, to, left in a tray in an empty room to die. That's like crazy stuff. That's the Australia we live in today. That's the world in which we live in. The enemy's definitely after those. The enemy has a plan for our, our families, wants to destroy them. The, the Lord wants to see a, a strong, vi viable Bible college right here to train people in the, the ministry. The enemy's after our life groups, wants to destroy the fabric of a church by keeping people separated where they don't really do much together. The enemy's after other towns. If you go right across South Australia, right across the, 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 the country towns, there's a almost everywhere, not everywhere, but almost everywhere, the common thread is churches are dying. Churches are closing. We have a world mission. We have a world to reach. Not just our close proximity, but the world around us. <clears throat> the last thing on the list is things we things we haven't even thought of yet. That Jesus wants to blow into the life of our church. That Jesus wants to blow into our hearts. We're gonna, we want to pray and prophesy over these things tonight and believe that Jesus is going to break some chains, clear some thinking, blow out some, some dust, cause us to see that the pathway that we're on is okay. It's good. See, the, these, these things here, that <clears throat> they're, um, they're narrow gateways so that others can enter the kingdom too. We may not be everywhere, but we are where we are to make a difference. But I'm just going to ask you right now, and I want us to pray while the music is playing behind us but can we pray earnestly and pray for each one of those areas and say we're taking back the youth and the young people in our high school we're taking back the young adults area we're taking back our children we're taking back families Lord we want to see a Bible college that, that is training people right here for the ministry call of God upon their lives. We're praying for life groups, for, 
real connections to take place in our church of life groups where we actually share life together. We're praying for other towns. We're praying for other towns for for the gospel light to continue shining. Maybe we have a maybe we have a much greater a much greater thing on our church to be to look to be looking outwards. And there's the world mission that we are we are called to help show the light to to the farthest nations to those who've never heard the gospel it's a part of our mandate to do that and then also just pray for things we haven't even thought of yet things in the church things in in our community engagement things that we couldn't imagine ourselves but but God is breathing into so I want us to pray I want us to move around a little bit don't be stuck in your spot but I, want, I don't want us to stop this time of prayer until we pray for every single one of those areas. Each one of us has. So let's take a few minutes. Maybe you guys can sing. That might be okay too. But we're going to pray and speak life over all of those areas. And we're going to, we're going to stand on the breakthrough so that for youth there is a way to the kingdom of God. For children, young adults, families, life groups, and even the other towns around us that are, that are hard up. There is a way to the kingdom of God and we want to help people find their way there. So let's pray together right now as as a uh, team lead us in this song.